If you've recently moved to a new city, what do you need to do to start getting work as a musician? We're going to talk about that today. Hello and welcome to the Musician Toolkit, episode number 36. My name is David Lane and it is great to be with you once again. If this is your first podcast, thank you for checking this out and welcome. This podcast is primarily about the tools of musicianship. It's what I identify as the traits that great musicians seem to have developed to make themselves the most well-rounded as possible. But this is really a broad podcast all about musicianship and some of the issues that musicians face and we like to discuss everything that might be of interest to not only making great music but also having a great career as a musician. So no matter what stage you are as a musician one of the issues that you might face eventually I would say odds are that you'll have this happen at least once in your life is moving to a completely different area and trying to get gigs or some kind of work as a musician in that new area. It's not easy when you don't know anyone personally or know very few people, and you're trying to find vacancies when there are established musicians who've been living there for a while regularly getting gigs. So what are some things that you can do to get your foot in the door if you are brand new to an area? This is the main thing I'm going to be talking to my guest about today. My guest is Rabanzo. That's not his real name, but that is his professional name, and I didn't run it by him in advance to reveal his real name, so I'll call him by his persona. That is Rabonzo. He is a drummer. He is also the host of the Unstarving podcast, and he has made some major moves. He has been in two different states in different time zones, both major metro areas, and in addition, he's moved to two different areas outside of the United States, different countries. So Texas, California, Panama, and Mexico. And he's been able to have success in all of those markets. And so he shares with us today, through our conversation, some of the things you might consider before you move and when you move right away. So we're talking about relocating, but getting your foot in the door to get work as soon as possible. Let's go ahead and listen to this conversation that I had with Rabanzo. Rabanzo, welcome to the Musician Toolkit. It is great to talk to you today. Uh, thank you for being a guest. Oh, thank you. It's my honor. So, Rabanzo, you have a podcast. Actually, you were just telling me before we recorded, you've, you've had a couple of podcasts, but the, the one I know you from is called Unstarving Musician. And um, just tell us a little bit about that podcast and just how, how did you get into becoming a podcaster? It started with a book I wanted to write. I was living in San Jose, California for several years and was gigging a lot as a drummer and doing, you know, vocal work as well and playing, you know, almost at whim wherever I wanted and with great people and, you know, getting paid and all that. But I noticed that some of the folks around me who were, good musicians or had good bands and some of them exceptional musicians seemed to have trouble getting some of the gigs they wanted. And I thought, you know, I should share 
the story as best I can tell it with other musicians, you know, about how, how it's worked for me and how they could do it or look at it. Well, so during the time of putting that together, I got into a coaching program with a guy named Chris Tucker, who's, who's based in the UK. I think he was based in the Philippines at that time, but he's from the UK. And, and he just one day told me, Roberto, you need a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tried it and I'd been, you know, getting into podcasts. I think the, maybe one of the first ones I listened to was either Tim Ferriss, the Tim Ferriss show or Pat Flynn's, um, now I'm forgetting what is this called, Smart Passive Income. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. What a cool medium. And I enjoy that type of learning. So I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I'll try it because I could extend this whole experience that I've had and try to help more people um, through this medium and so the idea was to have independent musicians on some industry professionals with with um, an interview format and a line of questioning that would help everyone sort of learn from each other and it just really blew up for me in terms of like there's a whole other world out there and I was in this microcosm of being a gigging drummer playing in you know pop and dance and rock and blues bands and I'm you know, suddenly talking to all these songwriters and people that have technology companies and just learning about all kinds of things I've I've just had no clue about, including talking to people like you too, like the whole working in visual, me- you know, um, providing music for, composing music for visual media is somewhat new to me and, you know, learning a little bit about that world. So that's how it started and, and how it's grown. And I just continue to enjoy having the conversations and enjoy, you know, the feedback of like, oh, this great hearing somebody say something that I hadn't thought about or I hadn't thought about in a long time. Well, nice. I've only had a chance to check out a couple of episodes, but, uh, you know, you've, I, I can tell just from the titles, you have a variety of people you've talked to and, uh, and I've enjoyed the ones that I've listened to. Um, you, have lived all over the world. I, I just kind of wrote down some things from your bio, from your bio. It's like you've, you've lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. You've lived in San Francisco. You've lived in Panama. You currently live in Mexico. Have I missed anywhere along the way? No. <laughs> That's it. It feels like four <laughs> different countries. It's really three, right? But right. Texas to California, and uh, when I moved there, did feel like a different country. <laughs> so talk about... Being a musician in these different areas, like what, you know, what are some things that, you know, you might say, hey, it's it's actually the same in a lot of places, but then, you know, what might be one of the biggest differences that you, like, what was one of the hardest adjustments in moving to, you know, any of these areas? Well, my situation might be kind of unique in that, um, well, okay, with the exception of California, California was an interesting thing. It was a, a job opportunity that my wife had and just a sense of adventure. And I was in technology in uh, before we moved. And I'm like, oh, it should be a good place for me to live. So it was a sense of adventure. And then that aspect of my moving around the world, as you say, uh, has continued to be part of it, the sense of adventure. But I've also, I, my wife and I also are just genuinely wanted to live the expat life, you know, experience other countries and... And we're thinking about just ways that we could accelerate our own retirements by lowering cost of living and experiencing, and also, you know, this um, joy of experiencing Latin cultures. But, you know, wherever you go, you will find musicians, 
and the number of them depending on population density of where you go. You know, you're going to find musicians who are passionate about collaborating and, and performing, and that's been something that's been a constant in my life. So they're all, they're always out there, and and I when I started the moving around, it wasn't I wasn't chasing a music market. Um, I just happened to be really a part time musician who was who's getting paid to you know, to do work and having a great time. And I wanted to continue doing that. So the the other, I guess, sort of weird thing that happened for me, and it's happened repeatedly, really, because I'm as much of an expat as I am a musician. I, I haven't necessarily planned ahead for that because, like, when I mentioned going from Dallas to California, I was in technology uh, at the times. That was my primary source of income. So arguably the musician thing was secondary, but... It, as you know, as a musician, and I'm sure all of your listeners do, if, if you are a musician or you consider yourself one, it's just something you have to do. You can't not do it. So I'd land in these places and um, not having music necessarily as the top priority, but then quickly realizing, oh, I need to sort of do some things to make <laughs> to make it happen. I like when I left Dallas Fort Worth, I was kind of on top of the world playing a lot. And, you know, with a lot of musicians that I frankly considered better than me, which is like a real luxury, right? And then, mm-hmm. fortunately, my, my first big move was to another rich music market. Now, the, the, next, the next one to Panama was to a, a, um, a not densely populated area. So that was a big, uh, dramatic change and adjustment. And then now in Mexico, I'm, I'm in more of a, a vibrant market simply because as a product of population. Right. If you're if if a, if a musician is moving around, if they're relocating to a different region, what would you say is the first step or the first two steps that they should take in order to try to get some kind of a some some kind of traction in the area? Yeah, now, gosh, compared to when I made the move to California, it's so much so much easier. But I mean, I could have done the same thing then. There was just different means of means of doing so, and that is. Um, if, if you were to move out of the country, for example, and, and uh, thinking of the expat life or the digital nomad life, there are always these communities where other expats and other musicians are, are getting together online. And if we just take Facebook as an example, and I know realize that there are communities all over the place now, but pick your, pick your network. Um, I would say find those first and just start asking questions and observing what's going on and in, invariably, too, people are going to be asking questions. They might be someone who's planning to move to that new market or that new city, or they may be somebody who's lived there for a while who just has a question. And if you have the opportunity to, to weigh in to, to help someone, that's huge. And so you've already started to to get yourself known. But it's really just asking tons of questions. That's that's what I would do if I if you know starting. Starting over from the first time, that's what I would, would do, even though it would have been a little harder because we didn't have all the social network stuff. Well, what specifically uh, do you do in new markets? I mean, do, do you play for, uh, like, do you do you play in the studio for other bands? Are you, like, a performing artist yourself trying to, you know, get uh, people to come see you? Or do you play for, like, theater or something else? No, I'm such a different kind of musician than you are, and so it's always so fun to to talk to people like you and learn about your world. But uh, what I used to say is, you know, I play in a lot of cover bands, playing rock and pop things. I have in the past played in some original bands, 
and I'm a performing drummer, so you could, over the span of the time that I've been doing this, you may find me at some private corporate event or a winery or a club or a festival. And so if I just fast forward to today, I've been spending a little time more recently. We've been here a little over a year, so I feel like I've been a little slow at it, but I think there's a cautionary tale there for other musicians in that I've been a little slow at it, but you know, I'm discovering the music venues where people play live and going out to see some of those musicians. I'm connecting with them on social right away, and a lot of them have a great uh, presence, which is one of the wonderful things about uh, social media these days. If you're if you want to be a musician or if you're looking for a musician or you're just trying to be creative, it is really nice that you can put your music on these networks. So um, that's most of what I do. Now I've done a little bit of recording of my own. I have done some uh, demo recording for others in my home studio, and that and I do some voiceover work as well. Right. Um, that's all. That's all great. I was just. I was just thinking, you know, when you move to a new market, if you're a musician, you know, I think one of the things that, uh, you know, if you're a performing musician, you've got to find those connections. So you mentioned, you know, find find the venues that you want to play for. So if you are a theater musician, you know, let the theaters, the theater companies know. And if you're, you know, if you're playing for cover bands, you know, you can you can let those venues know, but you can also reach out to the bands who are doing it. Um, are there any other approaches that you found to be successful or is there anything that you've, you've tried multiple times and it just has never worked that we should also know about of how to get your foot in the door as a musician in a new area? Yeah, I would say the thing that doesn't work is, uh, is, is waiting to get started with the networking. That's pretty much it. But if you're out networking and, doing some discovery work on, on venues and musicians, that's going to give you a huge head start. You, we have to get out and meet people though, right, as well. Um, and, uh, you know, let them get, get to know you. I, th I think today probably one of the most valuable things we can do is build a social presence, which I know some of us have an aversion to. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you think about yourself as a musician, you like playing and creating anyway, why not put some of that on your social network of choice and let yourself be discovered? Or as soon as you meet someone, let them see, you know, connect with them on social too and let them see what you've done. And I, I probably noticed that more this year, this past year than I have in, at other points in my life. And that, that's, that's definitely a product of my being a little more active in trying to put some of my own, uh, I'm using air quotes content right. <laughs> content out there, but you know, it's trying to put some of my own music out there and and talking to other people. So that's been huge. And did I answer the question? <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I want to. You know, I haven't really in my own podcast I haven't talked about maybe the importance of social media. Uh, you know, I haven't really gotten into marketing that much, but the more I think about it, social media since I got on it probably about 15 years ago has been one of the major sources for me getting any of the professional work that I've gotten since then that I didn't already have started, like I had teaching started, but, you know, I've now had people, you know, want to study with me because of something I posted. Um, I recently, you know, earlier this year, I, um, I, I left a previous church job I was at to, to, to kind of go back to just playing piano 
um, for a fairly small church. Well, that church had looked me up and found, you know, you, you know, my website <laughs> and, and kind of noticed what was on there. And that and gave them a decision or that informed their decision on whether or not to hire me. The, there's a couple of songwriters, uh, playwrights that I collaborate with, and, and I'm working with them on a, yet another musical right now. But the first time that we got together, they, uh, they found one of my videos on YouTube of me playing the piano and uh, doing some improvisation, and they were very impressed with that. And that sold them on hiring me there. And, and there's a guy that I've done several films with. He heard my music on Facebook in the, and then reached out for me to, to do that. So you, you really never know. Um, and, and it could be something that you posted years ago that draws the attention of someone. So it's so why you can't really judge like how things are going now. You just got to put yourself out there so that, first of all, people can find you you have a little bit of a social proof. So it's, it's good to hear you say that no matter where you move to, that's an effective strategy. Oh yeah, totally. One of my favorite stories that's related to the unstarving musician, my podcast is I've had a probably four time guest named Mike Dawson. Uh, he used to be managing editor for a long time at modern drummer, but he made a career move in somewhat recent past, but he's always been, a uh, a session, performing recording drummer and he's he's got a great um education so full-time musician and i'd say this is a story that very much applies to your world right so but he's he's putting uh with the goal of getting some students he started putting content on very consistently for many months on on instagram but as a result of that work he got contacted by the uh the guy who held the drum chair for the lion king production uh wherever I guess it's biggest. I don't know if it happens in multiple places because I don't know much about. I've never been to see the Lion King live, but he got call, a call to ask if he could sub. And so he, he was able to sub for that guy many times. And it was all because he was putting um, that work out there. And I've, I've seen, I, I tend to watch a lot of drummers, but I've seen other pro drummers uh, do this kind of thing. So I'm not surprised to hear you say how, how, uh, how it's worked for you. And you probably had to kind of step back and think about it to, to realize it, huh? Right, yeah. I mean, it, I, really, as we were talking, I was trying to think, is there an example of, like, like a big gig? You know, I'm not talking about, like, someone hires me for a wedding, you know, but, like, a big gig that people, or, or a, you know, a, a prolonged gig, you know, like a church job. Is there something in the past several years that I've gotten by other means? And, and not really, you know, I mean... Teach, uh, sometimes students find me from word of mouth or, you know, another music store will give them my name or something like that. But, uh, you know, social media is, you know, whether, whether you like going on there or not is such a tool, such a helpful tool that, you know, we all need to explore. Yeah. And I've had, you know, I'm, I'm like a lot of people probably listening. I have a love hate relationship with social, but an exercise. I was thinking of how to advise or or what tips I could give to the subscribers of of my email newsletter subscribers that come through the Unstarving Musician when it comes to social media because they have told me um, through a survey that they're interested in. And that's one of the topics of you know highest interest. And uh, one thing I was thinking about was 
because I think it's been this way for me. There's just some things, there's a lot of things I really don't want to put on social. And I see a lot of people put these kind of things on social all the time. My music's not one of them. I love to put my music on there. But people kind of want to know who we are, too. Um, now, if we happen to be super talented, you can, um, you can post a lot of just um, music content. But I think people also want to know who we are. So then you get down to the question of, well, what? What am I willing to share? If you think like me, like I'm always like, well, there's just too much stuff I don't want to share. So the, the, the tip I was thinking of is like, why not make a list? It can be like a two-column thing or just like willing to or not willing to share. And just sort of give yourself uh, an exercise of thinking about that and writing it down because maybe you'll help yourself realize, you know, there actually are a few things on here that I think people would like, be it, <laughs> you know, pictures of your uh, cat on your piano or, or uh, uh, you know, coming up, your dog coming up and, and harassing you while you're trying to record a guitar vocal video or, or something else that maybe goes steps to the side of your music but sort of gives people an insight into your weird world. And I guess the, the reason for that advice is we may find we actually enjoy that along with, and maybe it helps us put out some of the uh, music content that could help us get, you know, gigs. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I've tried to like pay attention to what, you know, people with fairly large followings, you know, that that are, you know, that are not like celebrities, you know, what are some of the things that they do? And very often, they're allowing themselves outside of their main craft to be shown, you know, like if they're really into books, or if they're, or if they have a lot of cats, you know, or, or something like that. I mean, I know, I follow one person on Instagram that is a business coach, but she's also really into like the paranormal, you know, like ghost hunting and, uh, and <laughs> wit, you know, witchcraft and, and all that. And, you know, dresses up for the occasion and about, you know, I'd say about maybe 20% of her posts fit that, that aspect. And, and I'm sure that her followers just know, well, that's just this person. That's just who she is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think maybe if anybody didn't like that, they 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 might unfollow, see themselves out. But you develop, uh, I think, a closer following with people because they they get to know you for who you are, and they're very, and you're very clear about who you are. And that's something that you know that I I feel like, again, I'm still a work in progress of trying to make sure that I'm clear about who I am. But I I realize as I'm talking, it's like. You know, I wonder how many people listening know that I have five cats. You know, if they if they go, if they follow mm -hmm. me on, you know, my Facebook personal page, they 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 have seen me post about my cats before. Um, but you know, like I wonder how many people know that I like going out for a hike. Uh, you know, every so often, or you know that I that I read a lot of books. You know, these are these are things that uh, you know I, I feel like I share some of these on the podcast, but you know, people don't often see that. So I'm just the guy that's just music this and music that, but being able to breathe and show that you, you know, you're more than just your job. That sounds like something that we, we could all do a little bit better at. Yeah. hundred percent. And who knows, you might have an accidental discovery about something you didn't realize you liked so much just through this exercise of sharing things and maybe something that folds into your, your, uh, career journey nicely. Right. Um, now, one of the things, uh, I mean, I, I haven't lived in any of the areas that you have. Uh, I, I guess the closest that, that I could say is that, you know, I've been to Texas. I've been to Austin and San Antonio and Houston. I've never actually been to Dallas area. But um, I'm going to take a wild guess 
that the cost of living <laughs> was a lot higher in Dallas and San Francisco than it than it is in Mexico and probably than it was in Panama. So yeah. uh, I'm assuming that if you're a local musician, you're going to be faced with different types of pay rates that you that you have to accept. So has that been the case for you? And if it has been, you know, what have been your ex- your steps to acceptance and maybe even managing these different pay scales? Sure. You know, the funny thing, and I don't know if this if it's the same in your world, and, and hopefully not, but if you're someone who plays at like venues that they might be restaurants, clubs, I don't know if I should even put wineries in there, but it could be a wide range of venues and you play like in pop or blues ensembles or maybe jazz ensembles, rock can be whatever, you know, they've been paying this. First of all, they've been paying the same thing for, you know, there's a big joke, like 30 years or more. And that hasn't really changed much. The The one thing I did discover though, is if you are thinking of moving and music is a big thing for you, give careful thought to population density because uh, what I have found so far is that pay uh, is not too different from market to market, at least not, not in the countries I've been in, but it, it, it is different by virtue of opportunity, mostly <clears throat> where, where population uh, is, is lower, for instance. So Dallas, Fort Worth, and the San Francisco Bay Area both have a lot of people there. Consequently, a lot of those people are musicians, and consequently, there are a lot of places that like having live music as a product of that. Now, in Panama, we we lived the beach life for about six years, which is lovely, but it's also pretty rural. So, and it's seasonal. This is less people, less musicians. You know, everything. Panama City in Panama um, is is better because there is population density there, and there are some great musicians both at the beach and in Panama. Just less of them at the beach. So that's that's probably the the first thing to think about and yeah, I don't know. It's can, can be hard to come to terms to come to terms with it. But, uh, if you move to another country, be, be it, you know, Panama, Mexico, or somewhere in Europe, <clears throat> it's been a real learning experience. Like here, uh, I'm, I'm around mostly Mexicans in Panama. It might, might sound funny, but in Panama I was around a lot of expats, mm. uh, from all over the place, but a lot of them from North America. But here, you know, I've really had to learn, what the local culture is for um, things like pay rates and just how they do things. And honestly, it's again, it's working out to be not dramatically different than even going back to my days in Dallas Fort as far as the pay goes. But it's really about are the types of gigs, if you're a performer, are the types of gigs there that you're hoping would be there? And like, you know, one thing I would really like to do here, and I just need to do it myself, I think, is um, I wish there was a an open mic that hosted blues uh, here and, and there does not appear to be in my immediate area, which kind of brings me to one last thing I wanted to throw in about the whole moving um, and, and maybe just in general today because the the whole live music thing or just maybe any part of music is changing all the time is I think we have to be willing to create our own gigs sometimes. So one, one example uh, is I really have been fascinated for a long time in house concerts. I've only done one of them, uh, and that's been that was right before the pandemic hammered down, and and someone came from the U.S. to uh, do one that I organized in Panama. We did some other shows, but things like that are great. And for other people, it might be look at the 
venues that you never thought of before or the applications for whatever it is that you do. It doesn't have to be performing that you maybe had never thought of before. Maybe like some people are like, where did that music from this video game come from? Who did that? So maybe just new markets discovering those. Nice. I was just looking at, you know, my uh, my next talking point, and I was going to ask you about, like, you know, how do you compete and work in an established marketplace of players, like when you already have a bunch of players there? And I think you just kind of said one solution is create your own gig. You know, it's like if, if the gig wasn't there and you create it, you know, now it's yours. Um, so obviously that's a solution, but what are some other things that you found? Like when you're in an area, there are players that have been there for a while and you're trying, you're the new, you're the new guy on the block. How do you kind of get your foot in the door and start winning some of these jobs? Yeah. And there, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of good drummers here in Querétaro, Mexico, where I live. There's just a lot of good musicians. And I'm like, wow, this is going to, could be a tough nut to crack to, to, you know, be able to play with all the different people that I used to, for instance, in California or, or in, um, even Panama or in Texas. But, you know, it really is a networking thing, isn't it? We, we have to, we have to go out and meet people. And sometimes you may show up at some impromptu neighborhood rehearsal that came about because of a WhatsApp group that happens to be in your neighborhood that happens to have a lot of musicians. And there might be this one person or these two people that like, wow, I'd really like to work with them and see if they would support me on this project I'm working on. And then maybe you spin up a performing ensemble out of that later. And some, a, a lot of that has actually happened to me here. And the other part, I was thinking about this because I always tell the story of my wife. She's been like probably the most instrumental whenever we move and help me find, um, new people to play with. She just happened. She's, when we moved, she's very active in trying to find what online communities exist just so we can learn about a new area. And I'm talking about it like we're going to do it again. I think we're done. We, we love it here. But um, she, she's been real intentional about going on Facebook, for instance, and getting involved in the expat groups. But it's happened multiple times. She said, hey, there's this musician that's looking for a drummer. You should contact them. And so I do. And it works out. And it's been really nice. She's done that for me multiple times. But what I was thinking about how to put that into your own world is to always be looking for champions of you. Um, and I, I think in order to have those, we have to be champions for others, right? Like you mentioned in your podcast about uh, shouting out, giving shout outs to other musicians and compliments to them. But if you, if you run across a champion for your, for what you're doing, man, uh, make the most of that friendship because they can really help you. In my case, you know, my wife's been, I think if any of us are married and, and they tolerate us being a musician that they're, they're, they know how, how important it is to us, you know, and they will champion you, but that's really helped a lot. Nice. Well, this has been a great conversation. It's one that I hadn't thought about as, as something that might be important to a lot of people because um, I haven't moved since I was a college student. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living in the place where I last went to college. And when I moved as a college student, I simply just told, you know, the secretary in the music office, you know, to let me know if, you know, if anybody calls asking for a wedding or asking for gigs, you know, to, to please give out my name. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an adult, if you're not in college, 
you know, and, and plus, you know, a lot of things have changed in the past, you know, 25 years or so <laughs> uh, in terms of just the landscape and where you can go. But it's good to just think about these options that you have. Um, but I think if I was to take away maybe the most important thing you, that you said was don't wait. Is I mean, as soon as you get there, you know, you, you might not have even unpacked all your boxes yet, but uh, you you want to get to work doing a little bit each day, a little bit each week of just trying to get your name out there and finding out how you can get, you know, your foot in the door to become a musician in the new area where you live. Yeah, absolutely. Don't wait. I've done it. I know it doesn't work. And, you know, to, to take it a degree further from what you just said, uh, start before you finish packing your bags, because uh, nowadays it's so much easier to do that because of the things we've been talking about with social media, you know, communities and uh, even things like Instagram today, who knows what it'll be tomorrow. But yeah, start, start right away. As soon as you're thinking about it, start exploring. Right. I have thought about, um, you know, there, there's a certain area uh, that if opportunity presented, I would probably move to. And I know a lot of people there and I've thought if, if, if the chance came, you know, I'm married, so, you know, it's not just my opportunity. It has to be kind of a joint <laughs> uh, venture uh, before in, we make any kind of a move. But I have thought about if I was to move, I would reach out to the people that I know first and then find out if they can refer me to other people and just to, you know, put feelers out and just begin doing that process. So that, that is always something. If you, uh, if you don't know someone where you're going do they know somebody <laughs> or does that person know somebody? It's like, you know, start doing the Kevin Bacon six degrees of connection till you find somebody who can maybe get you started. You're right. That's, that's huge. You're right. Cool. Um, so people can obviously go check out on podcast apps, the um, Unstarving Musician podcast. They'll probably find yours because you have been at it for about five years or so and you've got a ton of episodes. Uh, where, uh, besides your podcast, where can people follow you if, or find out more about you? Yeah. The best hub to find me from on all the socials and, you know, my artist website is at unstarvingmusician.com. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. So thank you for, uh, for having this conversation with me. Hey, it was my honor really. And, uh, great work with your podcasts. And it's been a pleasure to talk with you as well. And that's going to wrap it up for episode number 36. By the way, you, you probably want to check out Rabanza's podcast, The Unstarving Musician. Now, don't just check out this episode, but I did appear as a guest recently on his episode 274. So check that out if you like, but definitely also check out some other episodes. By the way, I'm bad about giving news about what I'm doing outside of hosting this podcast, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to be outside, just outside Albany, New York, on the week of September 10th, music directing a workshop for a new musical that I also arranged, one that was written by my good friends and longtime partners, Brad Bass and Carrie Joy. It's the, actually counting a movie musical, it's the fourth thing that we've worked on together, and this is brand new. It's the first reading with a cast, so I'm very excited about that. My understanding is that I have mornings free, so if you're not far away from that area or going to be in that area that week and you want to say hello over a coffee or something, send me a message. 
I do love to meet listeners, whether it's in person or online, and, and would love to hear about your successes or any struggles that you're, that you're having as a musician. Just some usual reminders before I close. First of all, check out the link for Fonz in my show notes. If you have a private studio of any kind and you're looking for a way to link a booking calendar with an automatic payment retrieval service, in addition, as a place to send messages regarding your lessons, the link in my show notes will get you a free trial. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with at least one other person. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts and can honestly give it a five-star rating with or without a review, that would be wonderful. And then finally, if you're listening on YouTube, please click a thumbs up on the video and hit subscribe. And that's all for this episode. So I'll be back with you again next week. Until then, thank you for listening.